0: Hello, and welcome to the Pro's Travel Podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet, a podcast series featuring airline industry experts tackling the real issues around airline digital transformation. This is our second season. I highly recommend listening to the last season if you haven't yet. And we're focused on big and small changes around travel IT, data, products, and retailing. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the second season of the Travel Podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet. My name is Taniswava Yurdanova, and in this episode, we'll dive into the exciting topic of innovation in the airline space. I'm thrilled to be joined by Serdar Gurbuz, who leads the innovation and analytics team at Turkish Airlines. With digital transformation taking off across all industries, I'm sure you can't wait to hear where on the scale from 1 to 10 airlines rank when talking about innovation. Join us for the next 30 minutes to learn tips where to start when building the business case for innovation projects and how to accelerate and grow scale across the organization. With no further ado, let's meet Sarah Dar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet. This is a very interesting episode today because I'm joined by the SVP of Digital Innovation and Analytics Solutions at Turkish Airlines. So I'm excited to hear uh, what he has to share with us. So uh, Serdar, welcome. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh,
0: Before we start, can you please do a brief introduction of yourself, of your current role and experience in digital transformation and innovation projects?
1: Of course. Uh, actually, I'm currently leading Turkish Air Lines uh, digital innovation and data analytics domain. And uh, within this domain, within the digital domain, uh, I have more than uh, 12 years of experience uh, in technology field. And I have been with Turkish Air Lines since uh, 2010. And uh, it's nearly about 10 years uh, I've been with uh, Turkish Air Lines. And uh, in Turkish Airlines, uh I mostly worked in technology and digital domains. Uh, I worked in uh, website, mobile application projects before, payment applications, and then uh, I lead the digital innovation efforts. Uh, we seek to find new technologies. We seek to find new uh, partnerships with startups in terms of uh, uh, emerging technologies. And... Uh, I also worked uh, for uh, one of Turkey's largest GSM company for about three years, and uh, also an FMCG company in Turkey again. And uh, I have some uh, experience in different sectors like telecom and FMCG that's way. And I'm now blending my experience, uh, an airline experience uh, into technology, uh, and trying to uh, improve Uh, the airlines vision of technology using data using the uh, new technologies uh, for customer experience for decreasing cost and increasing sales Mm -hmm.
0: that's a very solid uh, background in the area of uh, innovation and just digital Um, so if we look at the airline industry on the scale of one to ten where do you think airlines are in terms of innovation do you think they have the resources, whether it's financial, human, or um, organizational, to innovate? And is there a difference in your perspective, depending on the carrier size, or or their business model, or I don't know, maybe their geography?
1: Actually, uh, apart from the airline sector, uh, I actually uh, experience in finance companies, telecom companies, and FMCG companies, as I explained before. And uh, I can easily compare with them uh, the airline sector and those sectors uh, banking and telecom uh, uh, Are actually I think one step ahead of airlines okay. because they have uh, uh, They have uh, notified they have uh, realized the uh, digital transformation and how uh, This digital area can disrupt their business models and they act uh, beforehand uh, and uh, I believe airlines uh, are also ahead of the FMCG sector, Uh, so uh, not so good and not so bad uh, in terms of uh, positioning the airline sector's digital transformation awareness. Uh, And depending on the brand, I think uh, airlines are between uh, from six to eight uh, when we scale one to ten. That's uh, not bad. Yeah, that's not bad, I, I also believe. And Turkish Airlines is also uh, good at this, uh, I believe. And the hardest thing, uh, I think, uh, for the airlines is the, the cultural change uh, and the transformation and innovation. Uh, these two uh, items are very well uh, connected with the culture. Uh, and uh, regarding this, uh, younger airlines uh, are more innovative than the older ones, I think. And as i see or uh, low-cost airlines uh, also again uh, are more innovative when compared to network carriers and uh, traditional airlines uh, but uh, we can also see that network carriers and uh, traditional carriers uh, are more powerful in terms of uh, financial and organizational resources mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's a, a huge opportunity for them uh, but uh, All they need is uh, a mindset shift, mindset shift to to digital, to technology, and uh, more customer-centric organizations.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's a hard step. We also hear it with a lot of our customers when we discuss these same topics. Um, So one of the aspects of your role is data, and airline the airline business traditionally has had pretty good amounts of data in terms of like bookings and forecasts um where do you think today are the gaps uh, when it comes to managing this data this volume of data and um, what are the opportunities ahead for airlines to really take advantage um, of the of, of having um, good data and making the most of it as insights
1: yeah it's a very good point actually uh, as you mentioned uh, airlines has uh, have always had the data Uh of- both operational data and customer data and many types of data. Uh, And the idea to use the uh, data in operations, uh, marketing, decision-making, is also not new to airlines. Uh, As airlines, we have a term of uh, overbooking, uh, for example, and how much we can overbook is determined with the data, the past flight data. Uh, But current technology and the amount of uh, data now is enabling us uh, to predict uh, how much to overbook uh, very much better now, because uh, now we are not just using the past data uh, and now we are forecasting. Now we are using the weather data, external data, like uh, weather data, traffic data, and uh, data types like this. And uh, now the technology is much, much better uh, to uh, include all these types of data. And to predict better, uh, uh, and to predict uh, and uh, making better predictions using this data.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you think there are any existing gaps that airlines are um, not looking at at the moment when it comes to data?
1: Yeah. Uh, for example, in terms of uh, customer data, uh, yes, we had the booking information, and uh, most of the airlines have loyalty programs, but uh, most of the contact information was poor. Uh, because uh, most of the tickets that uh, that are being sold uh, now by travel agencies, GDS systems. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, the, in that channel, uh, email Im- information, uh, telephone number is not required. Uh, so we have the data, we have the customer's name, we have uh, other data, but uh, without contact information, we cannot touch... Uh, those customers. And uh, that's an an important gap. And this is, uh, in in 2020, this is also valid for today for most of the airlines, but uh, uh, we are always uh, trying to find uh, new ways, uh, matching uh, existing customers or collecting their information uh, with the passengers. And uh, and today most of the airlines have uh, necessary tools uh, I, I have seen in many of them. They uh, they have very powerful data warehouses, uh, business intelligence tools, or uh, CRM tools. And many other technologies uh, are also available uh, thanks to the cloud companies. And uh, And in summary, we have the technology. Uh, and the biggest gap uh, I see here is uh, the talent, uh, the human resources. And uh, this is the hot, uh, hottest topic for all the industries. Uh, It's not just for the airlines, Uh, the data uh, the gap is uh, valid for banking, it's valid for uh, FMCG, Telecom, and all other uh, companies are in the same situation. Uh, We need data analysts, data engineers, data scientists, and everybody, every sector, every company needs this uh, right now uh, if they want to uh, transform digitally. Uh, That's why uh, we need to fill this gap uh, in a in an effective way uh, in order to compete better uh, for, for our competitors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we talk to airlines, um, uh, to our customers, they also mentioned that they're redesigning their entire organization and like you mentioned, creating entirely new roles around data, uh, analytics and so on. Uh, what other shifts have you seen uh, around the organizational restructuring?
1: Um, Actually, uh, airline sector is very unique uh, and uh, at the same time, it's very cool, uh, a cool business. And uh, when we look at the percentage of people uh, starting their career uh, in an airline business and finishing it uh, again in an airline business, it's very huge uh, comparing to other sectors. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and you cannot uh, uh, easily uh, leave the airline sector. Uh, this is what I see. And, uh, in order to rethink, uh, you need to, uh, look from the outside. You need to get out, uh, and, uh, you in that way, you can look, uh, look better and you can understand better the situation. And, uh, uh, when you, uh, when you are inside, uh, and, uh, it's, not very easy uh, to see uh, which uh, which uh, part of the organization is not working or which part of the organization is not uh, uh, functioning very well. And uh, you need to attract the talents. You need to attract the uh, talents outside. These are uh, most of the roles, most of the uh, uh, titles uh, now we are talking is new. And uh, we need to attract uh, those talents. We need to attract startup companies, uh, which can contribute uh, to uh, to our innovation efforts. And uh, the only uh, need uh, for the young, for this organization for this type of organization is uh, they need uh, problems and they need data, uh, whether it's uh, uh, from banking sector or telecom sector or anything. So in order to uh, keep those talents within the airline sector, actually uh, HR uh, should keep, uh, and HR should do uh, many incentives or should uh, organize a a good working environment for them. And uh, as stated in their, Titles and they are a bit of a scientist, uh, so yes. uh, they should have the ability uh, first to hypothesize and then to test and then to validate, and uh, they should have the uh, flexibility to fail at the same time. And scientists, uh, because uh, in a traditional performance based organization, it's not very uh, easy uh, to encourage failing. Uh, but in science, uh, you need to encourage failing because uh, it's their uh, way of learning something. And uh, that's why a new type of working uh, is neat, I believe.
0: Yeah, I agree that the industry is very risk averse, which mm-hmm. is, I would say, it's controversial to, uh, to this new mindset that you're describing. So you mentioned other industries and taking talent from... Um, looking outside of the airline industry but what other approaches can airlines adopt and take as an example from other industries
1: it's the agility uh, i believe Uh, the first thing is our sector is so bureaucratic Uh, it's because uh, many of the uh, legacy airlines uh, was actually uh, owned by the governments before and they are specialized after uh, um, 1980s, 1990s, and that's why uh, I believe we are still so bureaucratic, and we need the agility uh, in order to catch uh, these, uh, in order to catch these digital trends and all other stuff. Uh, and uh, it takes months, for example, uh, sometimes, uh, to decide something, to move on something. Uh, and I think uh, it's the agility. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about how you uh, introduce innovation across Turkish Airlines. Can you tell us some more about the open innovation system at um, the carrier?
1: Yeah. Uh, and uh, before uh, talking about this, I need to clarify that uh, first, uh, I'm not dealing with all types of innovation uh, in Turkish Airlines. I'm only Uh, focusing technology related uh, digital innovation Mm -hmm. Uh, innovation is a continuous thing Uh, and like uh, Peter Drucker said uh, enterprises have two basic functions Uh, one of them is marketing and the other one is uh, innovation and most of the innovation now uh, happens uh, around the technology and that's why uh, we are mostly focusing on uh, digital innovation but uh, within the company, there are uh, other divisions, other uh, business units are also uh, trying to uh, innovate themselves, trying to innovate uh, their business models or products as well. Uh, we have started this uh, digital innovation initiative at Turkcell in uh, 2016. Uh, and at that time, uh, it was a, a very new uh, title, digital innovation, and uh, when uh, talking with somebody else, uh, whether uh, in airline business or uh, other sectors, uh, uh, you need to explain what does digital innovation title is doing uh, within the airline. It's, yeah. it's not a familiar thing. Uh, what we have done uh, actually, we first uh, design a team of startup mind people and uh, provide them agility, as I mentioned. And most importantly, uh, we tell them uh, they can fail. They can fail, uh, but they should fail fast and they should fail uh, small. Uh, So uh, uh, we built a bridge uh, between the business units and startups. Uh, In that way, uh, startups can reach to the business units very uh, easily. Uh, Because again, I said uh, in our sector, uh, for example, the purchasing process, uh, when you're trying to uh, by a new software program or system, uh, it takes uh, six months to one year uh, to uh, finish the purchasing process. But uh, when you work with the, when you work with a startup, uh, one year is, is a very long period and in that uh, amount of time, uh, a startup uh, can fail, can exit, can pivot their uh, business model that's why uh, we design a, a program uh, which uh, provides the startups uh, the speed uh, uh, working and collaborating with uh, the Airlines and our business units the mindset uh, and the business units uh, understand that if we work with uh, those startups we can do uh, our business very fast and we can catch the uh, trends, we can catch the technology trends. And uh, in that way, uh, we should, shouldn't be uh, just followers, following followers uh, of the innovation or the new technology stuff, uh, we can be pioneers. Uh, they, they get the idea of uh, being pioneer uh, in those domains. And uh, everybody embraced it uh, because uh, startups are changing the world uh, with the new business models. Uh, that's why uh, now uh, many of the people uh, in corporate uh, companies and big enterprises uh, thinks that uh, in, uh, in a, a time frame our business model uh, can be disrupted so we need to uh, act before uh, we disrupt.
0: Yeah acceleration is very important um for keeping ahead on the market. We've seen that with, uh, with many industries, not only the airline one. And internally, how do you decide which projects or which technologies to prioritize and invest in? Um, yeah. How do you, I think the very important um, for our listeners is how to build the business case when talking to their um, C-suite and really defend that project.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's a process. It's a funnel process, actually. Uh, the, uh, first stage of this funnel is, uh, we lo- we are looking, looking for the new technologies. Uh, it ranges from IOT to augmented reality, virtual reality. And, uh, we are periodically meeting with the business units so, uh, we can get their problems. And, uh, Two of the main ingredients uh, of an innovation, digital innovation project is uh, the first one is problem. There needs to be a a business problem or a bigger opportunity which they are not aware of it. And and there needs to be a technology uh, to solve that problem. And uh, the importance of the problem is much bigger than the technology because when you catch the uh, problem, you can use it Uh, you can solve it uh, by using a technology or without uh, using a technology Uh, if you change the process of the uh, business maybe the problem can also be solved Uh, and for example uh, now we are working uh, on a use case uh, in uh, for the turnaround operations Uh, we want to detect uh, uh, from the uh, security cameras we want to detect uh, the turnaround events automatically uh, by using image processing uh, and the problem uh, in that uh, use case actually uh, is uh, predicting the delays and uh, detecting the time frame of the uh, events uh, when uh, when the stuff is uh, doing the turnaround operations. So uh, in order to solve this problem uh, we can use the security cameras and we can use the image processing the ai stuff uh, and we can also use the iot for example we can put iot sensors to the uh, necessary places and then get the information and uh, these are two different ways of working that uh, problem uh, with the uh, with both uh, innovative and emerging technologies Uh, but when deciding the uh, technology or the model or the business model we first uh, develop the MVP, Minimum Viable Product. And uh, if we have the uh, correct resources to build the MVP, we are uh, building in-house. And uh, if we don't have that uh, resources, we can uh, work with a partner or we can work with a uh, startup. And then if we prove uh, our hypothesis, and if we validate the uh, business idea, if we validate the uh, technology, uh, and the uh, business model. And then uh, it's very easy for us to get the buy-in from the C-suites or to get the buy-in from the business unit. Uh, so that's why I'm uh, repeating again. Uh, we want to start small, uh, and uh, but uh, we want to validate faster. And we want to validate the idea uh, within two months, for example, with the, with the working prototype. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we uh, built the prototype, the MVP, and uh, it's very easy for us to uh, uh, get the buy-in from the decision makers.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting because I agree that uh, in the industry, some processes and decision making can take up to years, which obviously is not very fast compared to the speed at which the market moves. So that's very interesting to hear. Thank you for sharing that. And another question I have is around how do you scale that? Okay, once you have the MVP in place and you've seen that it has results and delivers uh, or exceeds your ex- expectations, how do you go to large-scale deployment and disrupt how the organization functions? Uh,
1: it's not very easy. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, the first thing, uh, again, is to get the necessary talents on the board because uh, okay you have a a team of uh, we have a team of uh, uh, software developers, hardware developers uh, and startup minded people they are so talented people they can build something uh, very useful they can build an MVP very in a very short time frame Uh, but when you go broader uh, and when you uh, want to uh, take it to a large-scale project so you, you need uh, these type of resource, uh, you need more of these type of resources. So that's why uh, the first thing you should do is to get the necessary talent on the board. And, uh, and the second thing is uh, many times the uh, business rules uh, are built upon our legacy systems. And in order to change that, Uh, You cannot uh, just uh, pull them out easily, the legacy systems and the business rules. You may need to change the organization itself. And when it comes to organization, the HR should be involved uh, in this process. And uh, uh, and in that situation, it's not just an IT project. It's not just a technology project. It's an HR project consisting of both changing the uh, systems and both changing the organization. And uh, lastly, uh, many of the people are now uh, are today uh, talking uh, the, as a term of MVP, Minimum Viable Product, uh, but uh, you know, it's not uh, just a term, actually. Uh, when you build an MVP, it's, it, really, uh, it should really be uh, an MVP. Since it's an e-word, people are using it uh, for many things. For, for the demo, for the pilot part, and for the uh, prototypes. But MEP is something uh, uh, you should deliver your value, value proposition, and uh, build your solution upon it. And with MEP, uh, actually, you should uh, know that you should maximize the learning while minimizing the cost. Uh, so it's not just a, a term, it's a mindset. MEP is a mindset. Uh, that's why uh, when you... Uh, do all the stuff from beginning, from MVP, uh, to the transition period. Uh, we, in some projects, you can uh, see some uh, obstacles uh, in terms of organization and in terms of technology stack. Uh, but when you go step by step, it's uh, it's not very hard to uh, it's not very hard to move from small scale to large scale.
0: Mm-hmm. So really build the roadmap behind the project to get yeah. there. Can you give some examples of uh, AI-driven innovations that you're working on? And where do you see AI and machine learning really fundamentally change the airline business? Or any other new technology that you're working with at the moment?
1: Uh, For AI, actually, we uh, started for about three years ago uh, to build a chatbot. Uh, Today, everybody is aware of the chatbot, and in those days, it was a very uh, new thing, uh, and uh, we have started again uh, as an MVP, a minimum viable product, and uh, till this till this date, uh, we pivoted uh, two times. Uh, at first, it was a, a booking companion, and you can search, you can uh, book flights uh, within the chatbot, uh, but uh, we have realized that uh, it's not very uh, uh, a good experience uh, using chatbus to book your uh, airline ticket uh, that's why we pivoted it uh, as being a travel assistant uh, now uh, it it works like a travel assistant and before your flight uh, it notifies you the necessary stuff for your travel and it reminds you uh, all the stuff uh, you need to re- uh, you need to uh, remind uh, before uh, flight, before the flight, and uh, it's not finished yet. Uh, it's it's still in a beta phase, uh, but we are uh, continuously improving the uh, NLP part of it. Uh, and uh, besides that, uh, as I explained, we are currently working on image processing. Uh, it's an on- ongoing projects project again. Uh, it's a, This is a very interesting project because uh, we are using AI image processing to detect the events uh, in our front area, as I mentioned, and uh, then we will predict the possible delays uh, with the data uh, we will have uh, from that uh, image processing solution. So in that project, the AI, uh, the output of an AI uh, project will feed uh, another AI, uh, project and then uh, we will uh, uh, and then we will get a, a business output from it uh, and in terms of ai uh, actually we have we have also uh, other uh, technology projects uh, around in augmented reality iot and other stuff uh, but ai is hot topic uh, today i'm not sure uh, whether ai will fundamentally change uh, airline business uh, but I believe uh, it will allow us to do uh, our business with more and more insights. Uh, the AI, AI will uh, provide us uh, many insights and this will help uh, help us in, in terms of how we operate, in terms of how we plan and uh, decide the business uh, decisions and how we communicate with the customers.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you see optimization when it comes to, for example, cost or just operational efficiency
1: actually uh, there there's a misunderstanding again uh, in that part Uh, as airlines uh, and when you are in the airline business uh, you see we are optimizing uh, all the processes for more than decades we are optimizing our fuels we are optimizing our operations uh, and today uh, how AI will change these optimizations is I think uh, now we can add more data uh, into our predictions, into our optimization algorithms. And uh, now uh, yesterday, for for example, maybe we are uh, optimizing 90% uh, of of a process. Now with the AI and now with the more data, maybe it can up to 95%. Mm -hmm. And most of the stuff uh, currently uh, people talking as AI, but uh, most of them are not AI, are uh, just advanced analytics and uh, better analytics with better data.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you mentioned um, like using percentages to, to measure the success and the value of certain technologies. What are some of the other KPIs to, to measure the success of innovation?
1: Yeah, it's very really, uh, hard to uh, measure the innovation. It's the uh, problem of uh, all similar organizations. Since we are uh, trying to explore new uh, stuff, one of, the, one of the hardest things uh, is to measure. Uh, so for some projects, uh, you can measure very easily. Uh, for example, uh, this uh, turnaround operation project, uh, in that project, uh, the success is uh, easily uh, calculated uh, because at the end of the project, uh, if you predict the delays better uh, and if you optimize the turnaround timing, uh, it's a very valid KPI. Uh, but uh, for example, providing uh, customers an interactive airport map uh, is a, is also a digital innovation, uh, but it's not something you can easily measure the uh, value, the, the effect of this. Uh, but uh, how we can uh, do our job uh, within Turkish Aidances, Uh, we measure the success ratio of stuff we have tried. For example, let's say last year, we have tried 10 things and succeeded in one, uh, and then for the next year, actually we are aiming to increase the ratio, success ratio uh, of our innovation efforts. So uh, in that term, uh, we are continuously encouraging people to try. If they try more and we believe they will succeed more. Yeah
0: really thank you for these great insights i had some really great takeaways from our conversation so i want to end it with a fun question about sharing your maybe most memorable travel experience Mm.
1: Um, yeah actually uh, it's because we are in airline businesses and we have seen so many uh, funny stuff uh, funny travel experiences Uh, and uh, what, I'm, uh, what I will tell uh, is uh, it was a return from a family vacation from Maldives. And uh, we went to a vacation with my uh, wife and child. And uh, as you may uh, know, people in the airline business uh, have discounted air, air tickets. But uh, those That's air great. tickets are not <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, if the flight is fully booked, then uh, we should pay, wait for the next flight. Mm-hmm. And uh, when returning from the uh, vacation, I was continuously checking the flight's load status all the day and there was available seats and I, uh, I was happy. But uh, when we get into the boat uh, for the, uh, to go to the airport, I checked again from my mobile phone and saw that the flight is full uh, and there was nothing I can do. <laughs> we were on the boat uh, and uh, the boat is heading to the airport. And uh, it was a one-hour trip, and uh, there was another uh, flight uh, the next day. And uh, the trip, I looked uh, for the places to stay near the airport, and I tried to reschedule all the stuff. Uh, And it was a very stressful journey for me. But uh, when we arrived at the airport, I had noticed that uh, I was checking uh, the wrong flight. No.
0: (laughs) That must have been a relief.
1: I never forget that relaxation. Oh yeah, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again for this conversation. It was a pleasure to hear um, all the exciting stuff around innovation at Turkish Airlines.
1: Thank you. It was the questions are very nice, uh, thank you again. It was a very nice conversation with you.
0: We look forward to seeing you again um, across the industry.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Pros Travel Podcast, The View from 30,000 Feet. Special thanks to our guests and our producer Genevieve Todd. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback, a burning idea, or know of an industry expert we should feature, shoot us an email at amethaatpros.com. That's A-M-E-H-T-A at pros.com. You're now free to move about the cabin.